Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Bulky Boo Podcast, and <laughs> I'm going to be giving this intro for the second time so far because the first one failed. <laughs> Today we're going to be going over the uh, Newcastle game and going over a preview for the Southampton game coming up tomorrow at 12.30pm UK time. So, first things first, the Newcastle game. It was it was a good performance. Very good performance, I think. Um, we got the job done early and then took the second half semi-easy. Um, straight in with the lineup. the first thing that people noticed was, and very crib, like, cribbed up about, a lot was um was the fact that Kepper started in goal. Now I for one am guilty of this. I turn around and said that I don't feel confident at all. I thought with him in goal and with some of the error prone players that were playing We'd we'd lose. I'll be completely. I thought we would lose, but we didn't. Um, Kepa got another clean sheet. We won two nil. Um, the first real notable thing that happened was Tammy had to come after after about twenty or so minutes, if that. Um, basically, he threw on goal, and. Um, Jamal Lascelles, I think it was, absolutely just cleans him out. Just one hit, bang, straight through him. Now, you, Jamal Lascelles clearly got the ball. However, he to get to the ball, he had to take Tammy through first. And in doing so, he injured Tammy. And the fact that it wasn't picked up. It wasn't... If it was reviewed, it was seconds at all. Like, if that. And... I mean... I don't see a world where that isn't a penalty. Um, but it weren't given. Tammy came off literally within... Within five minutes, anyway, I think it was even less than that. He tried carrying on, went back down, came off. Um, Olivier Giroud came on in his place. Now, a few minutes later, which is leading into the first goal, Jamal Lewis hit Timo in the face. Now, again, no review, no nothing. Timo was bleeding. So clearly he got hit. Um, again, nothing. But so Timo goes to the sideline, gets it treated because it's blood. And he basically comes back and gives Newcastle the biggest fuck you ever. He goes on a, a brilliant run, puts it in the box. 
And I'll give credit to Mount here. He charged in towards the goalkeeper to make the goalkeeper punch it out. Straight into Giroud's path. 1-0. Um, fair, fair play to like all of the guys because they immediately went over to Timo and gave him all the praises for the goal. And, and rightfully so because the run, the setup was all him. All Giroud had to do was tap it into an empty net. And I say all he had to do. If it was that simple, I'd be a professional footballer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it was it was Timo. He he built that goal. Um, then the second goal comes about, and I think it was from a corner. We ball gets crossed in. Giroud goes up for the header and somehow he pulls his hand out of the way in time. Like, you see it, it misses his hand by, like, well, a gnat's dick. It, it, it misses it by a millimetre. And then rolls towards the back post and Timo Werner actually scores. Um, it, it it goes in and it, I went absolute bonkers. <laughs> like... It it was just so joyous and relieving to see Timo score. And the fact that... It, <laughs> the fact that... Well, VAR reviewed it, obviously, because it was a goal. And they were looking for offside to see if it hit Giroud's hand and everything. And I was sitting there like, or watching it going, please, just give the fucking goal. Just give the goal. Please, just give the goal. And then they gave it. And it was clearly Timo's. Because, is it Darlow? Newcastle's goalkeeper. He was like... Well, he he dived back into the goal to scrib the ball out. And his hips were in line with the goal. So, he was a good halfway into the back of the net. Clearly past the line. So, there's no denying it was Timo's goal. But... The fact that he he scored and it was, I think they said it was his first league goal in, what was it, a thousand minutes, 100 days or something, something like that. And yeah, so they, they said that, but while I'm on Timo Werner, right, because basically nothing else happened during the game. Uh, Jamal Lascelles, again, how he got away with another penalty decision, I don't know. Because it, in the second half, Werner's threw on goal, over the top ball, and Lascelles literally shoves him over. You can see the hand on the back, you see the arm thrust, everything. Ref, referee, VAR, none of them give it. But apart from that, finished 2-0, but... Going back to Timo, people, media, fans, even including our own, are calling him a flop. Now, he's got 19 goals or assists this season. 19. And that's not including the penalties that he has won for us. 
he is level or above players like Aubameyang, Mane, Firmino, Vardy. All established Premier League contributors and goal scorers. But which one's getting called the flop? Isn't any of them. It's Timo. And why? Because he plays Chelsea. It has to be. It has to be. Because you got... It's it's just stupid. Basically, he has been vital for Chelsea. I've said it before. And I've I've said time and time again that Mount has been our player of the season. And he hasn't had the numbers to back it up. But I test, he's been our player of the season. Thinking about it, with what he's contributed in terms of goals, assists, penalties, and and everything, Werner's up there for player of the season. He really is. And if he can go on a run now, so he's on, I think that was his 10th goal of the season, maybe 11th. But either way, all three of our strikers are on double figures now. Um, yeah, the fact that if he goes on a run, if if he can get to 20 goals this season, in all competitions, so Champions League, Cup and Prem, 20 goals in all comps. He'll be the highest scoring player since Eden Hazard under Sarri. Because last season, Tammy got 18, I think, or 16. Like, we're not used to... Before Hazard had that 20-goal season, the season before was Hazard on 17 goals, top scorer. The season before that was Costa on 21. So we're not used to 20-goal season players. So if we can, if we can get Werner on 20 goals this season, he's on 10, maybe 11. But if you said to me at the start of the season, he'll have 20 goals and 10 or more other goal contributions with assists or penalties, I'd bit your hand off, given the fact of the COVID situation, the new league and everything, all the circumstances that came into play, I'd have bit your hand off. And then next season, try and beat it, go to 25 goals, go to... Like, you know, and the fact is, for most of the season so far, he hasn't played in his preferred position. And I know it sounds like an an excuse, but his preferred position, I thought, was striker. He's been played at left wing for majority of the season, right? But looking at what Tuchel is doing, and the fact that Tuchel is getting the best Werner we've seen in terms of contributions, it looks like he's 
best position is that sort of left centre forward role. So you've got the left wing, you've got the striker, you've got the cam. Imagine that triangle. So you so you got so you got a FIFA, FIFA formation, right? Four three three. Or in this case so say yeah, we'll use four three three for an example. You've got the triangle between left left wing, centre mid, central centre mid, um central cam, left mid and striker. That triangle. Well, Werner's position seems to be in the middle of that. So he's got the striker. If he's in the middle and of a clock face, he'll look up. His striker's at one o'clock. His cam is at four or five o'clock. And left wing is at um, ten o'clock. That's the sort of position that... Werner seems to thrive in because that way he can drift left, he can come back, come deep, he can then drive in behind through the middle or wide. And oddly enough, having Alonso next to him really helps as well. Because rather than Alonso going on the um, overlap, Alonso goes on the underlap takes the defenders with him, which then leaves the entire wing for Werner to run run down. Which then means he can use his pace and utilise that. So the fact that he's not... That he's only really been playing in his correct position for the last, what, three weeks since Tuchel's been here? And... And... He's on... 19 goal contributions. Plus 7 penalties won. Um, And also... It's... I don't know. It's hard to... Basically, he would have more goals... If people spotted his run as well. Because he's my favourite player at Chelsea right now. It's it's as clear as day I'm a Werner fanboy. And I'll I'll admit that. So I focus on him when he plays. And if you watch him, you see him making runs time and time and time again in behind. And... Out of every 10 runs he makes, the ball might come to him once, maybe twice if you're pushing it. So if someone actually picked their head up and looked for that fucking run, you'd find him. And there's only a handful of players that seem to want to try and find him on that run. Mount is one of them. Kai is the second. Ziyech is the third. Aspie, I'd say, when he tries that, I call it the Maratta cross, when he tries that cross, um, other than that, I mean, you got players like Reese, Callum, as brilliant as they are, especially under Frank, they'd get it to the byline 
and just spam across across the six yard box, and that's brilliant. If there's players arriving there, and you're not going to sit there and blame them for putting a peach of a ball across the six yard box because they've done their job. But the point I'm trying to make is. It's all well and good making that, but then when when players like Timo are trying to utilise his strength, but no one's finding him or even willing to take that pass into him, and then say, I've now done my bit, you do yours, which I believe he would, with the amount of runs he makes, he, he'd get plenty of goals. And the fact that he hasn't been found, I think, is criminal. Because there is... There has been space in behind. There has been times when he could have bagged two, three goals a game if people would have found him. And then he wouldn't have gone on this quote-unquote goal drought. He he wouldn't have gone on that. And I, I do believe that he will become a hot streak player. He'll have moments where he goes five, six, seven games without a goal and then he'll go seven and seven like he did earlier in the season. Like, it'll be very, very hot and cold in terms of goals, but in terms of contributions and in terms of what he brings to the team, that'll never go cold. Because I think if it, if it had, if it would have gone cold, it would have happened already. Because the fact that he was going through that goal drought and he was still providing for the team, whether it was assists, penalties, or all in all, just the never give up, never die attitude. He he was performing. It's it's as simple as that. He was performing, and it was why I defended him immediately when people were saying. Like comparing him to Torres or Morata, where both of those would sit there and disappear in matches, Vernon was still trying. And I think the comparisons were very harsh. And I'm glad to see a bit of unity in the fan base when he scored the other night. I was, I was really glad to see him go, you know what? I'm glad you scored. I really am. And seeing that, that little little bit of unity was so refreshing. But I'm going to leave the Werner discussion there. He might pop up a bit <laughs> again when I get into the lineup, Because I've now got to move on to the Southampton preview. And again... Go over the footnotes of the press conference. Um, give you my lineup, my play predictor, and then call it there. So, first things first, Tammy is actually training, um, which is a very good sign. Um, while watching the match, I had Eunice's watch along. Going in on my um, going on my laptop, and even he was saying that the fact that Tammy walked off unaided, it was a good sign. Um, 
I personally was worried because the fact that I remember when Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi came off with their respective Achilles injuries, both of those were walking. Limping very heavily, but walking. So I I was a bit worried and... Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm glad he's back in training. Um, Silver's still out. Pulisic stopped training um, the other yesterday, I think he said, due to a calf, um, something with his calf. But so he's a doubt. But he did say, however, Kai Havertz was back in the squad and training. So fingers crossed, we might see a bit of Kai Havertz tomorrow. I hope so, um, if I'm being honest. He got asked about Kepa. Um, basically, he said that Kepa's earned earned his start against Barnsley through how he's been training. And then where he, where he played well um, against Barnsley, he pulled off a fantastic save against Barnsley, actually. I'll give him credit where it's due. He said that he... Started him against uh, Newcastle to basically reward him. At least that's what I got from that anyway. And he said that no matter what, we need a strong group of goalkeepers. And they need to be supportive of each other. If we want to succeed in the fact that they need to be ready at a moment's notice to come in. And he he reiterated that about the rest of the other players as well. Um but he, later on in the press conference, like, so he, there was other questions in between, but I'll get to it now while I'm on the goalkeepers. Tuchel said that Edu Mendy is his number one goalkeeper. And he's been very clear on that. I, Whether it's through being transparent in the press conference or by being open with the players themselves. Um, so... It's good to establish that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Kepa did deserve a start. I'll, I'll be honest, he did. Because he played well. And you you reward players when they play well by giving them more starts. So, he then got asked about Timo. <laughs> I know... And he said that, like, basically got asked about Timo's form under Tuchel and stuff like that. Like, is he back to his best? And Tuchel basically said that he had a very good start under Frank Lampard, which he did. He, he, and that's when he pointed out the seven goals in seven matches thing. And and that if it weren't for, for Frank Lampard, Werner wouldn't even be here. Which, again, he's going by the fact of what um, Werner said when he signed. That Lampard was a key reason why he joined the club. Uh, I haven't heard anything um, anything different to suggest otherwise. So, like, because surely if Lampard wasn't the reason why they joined. With him, Kai, um, Ziyech. All of them. If if Lampard weren't the reason, I think we would have found out by now. And the fact that nothing's come out suggests that Lampard was a big reason for these players. And and then 
like Tuchel said that Werner had been gaining confidence with how he'd been performing and Tuchel himself felt that the goal was coming because of how he'd been playing and how he'd been performing um, and it's what I was saying before his mentality is top notch um, he didn't got asked about the upcoming fixtures and all that the fact we got Atletico Man United Liverpool all in the space of like a couple of weeks if not in the same week and he turned around and said that basically what we've got to try and do is impose our game and our style on the opponent no matter who they are um and that he learns from every game, no matter, again, no matter the opponent. Like, so against Barnsley, he learned. Against Newcastle, he learned. doesn't matter who the opponent was. And he, he made a point of saying that um, Barnsley was perhaps our toughest opposition so far. Um, which actually looks quite true. <laughs> Because I'm not really going to count the Wolves one because he had what one one hour training session, so there's that. But he then then said that everyone needs to be on it. Like no no excuses. Like everyone needs to be at a hundred percent. And then he turned around and said that they have an incredible work ethic in the group as a whole. And that he can fully rely on them and trust them to carry out what he wants them to do. Which, again, is, is um, well, it's, it's a good thing to hear. He got asked about Pulisic. Um, like, pointed out Pulisic's qualities and that he stopped training so that he doesn't get an injury because he got asked about Pulisic's injury record. Basically, he said that Pulisic's um, calf felt something and rather than push through it and then risk an injury, he said, nope, and then pulled, pulled Pulisic away so that Pulisic didn't get injured, um, which I think is actually very good management, in my opinion. And then he got asked about Ziyech not playing. And the first thing they said, which, again, is quite astonishing, really, is he immediately took the blame, saying it's my fault that he's not playing. Um, and he said that it's never easy, but that Ziyech will be injured. He's been professional in how he's been training, and he will get his chance, basically. But again, to, to openly admit that it's not anything Ziyech is doing. It's Tuchel, who is at fault for Ziyech not playing. <laughs> Again, I've actually commented, like I've wrote down here, his honesty is genuinely impressive, relieving and refreshing. Like, this is Tuchel, I mean. And it, it is. It, his honesty in press conferences... It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, you don't see that honesty anywhere else. 
Well, not that I've seen anyway. Like, he, he's giving insight on players. How many times... We knew Edu Mendy was number one. But, like, again, I love Frank Lampard, but how many times did he actually come out and say, Mendy's our number one? Out and out, he's our number one. Because I can't remember him ever doing that. Tuchel said it within a matter of a week. Kepa starts against Barnsley, starts against um, Newcastle, and at the end of the Newcastle game, he went, Mendy's still my number one. Point blank. And, yeah, I mean, his honesty is fantastic. Like, as I said, it's refreshing. It really is refreshing, but... Like as I said, like to openly take openly take the blame for the ZS situation is it takes it takes a lot to do that, um, and the fact that he said he will get his chance and that he will be needed is paramount in my opinion. But speaking of players getting chances, I'm now going to move into my lineup because that was it for the press conference. Um, based on injuries, based on form, based on players that are just coming back, the lineup I've gone with is three, four, two, one, which has been the formation of choice lately. Um, Mendy back in goal. Get a bit of form going, like make sure he's ready and on it before the um, before the Atletico game during the week. Um, a back three of Aspie, Rudy, and Christensen. I think Christensen would be the middle of the three. Um, however, I just wrote them down in that order. But yeah, they're my back three. I think. Hudson Odoi, right wing back. I actually think Chilwell will be left wing back. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Alonso there. Um, Jorginho and Kovacic as the midfield two. And then Mount and Werner as the two tens behind Olivier Giroud. Because... One with Tammy um, having the knock in the week. I don't think he'll be starting. Jorginho and Kovacic have been exceptional. Let's let's be real here. They have been exceptional under Tuchel. Um, Hudson-Odoi, again, exceptional under Tuchel. Mount has been, in my opinion, our player of the season. Werner is on hot sauce right now. Mendy's our number one. The back three has kept clean sheets. And Giroud's our fit striker. As for Chilwell and Alonso, I think we need... If... I think we'll be going with Alonso in the Champions League. Um, If I'm being totally honest, against Atletico. So... I wouldn't play him... With only a couple of days in between. 
So that's that's my lineup. Uh, how true and how close I get it is completely unknown, obviously, until the match. But going to the play predictor, I've gone with a th- with a three one win. Werner to score in the twenty seventh minute. Sixteen shots, seven on target, sixty four percent possession. And nine corners. So, yeah, as I said, three one. I think that's a. I think it'll be a relatively comfortable match. I think their goal would be purely a consolation goal. I don't see it being anything other than that. Maybe it'll be another howler from one of our defenders, but who knows? But. Can't really say much more than that. So thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy it, please give my podcast a share. That would mean the absolute world to me. Follow me on Twitter at CookCO4. That is C-O-O-K-E-C-0-4. And until next time, blue is the colour, football is the game, and goodbye.